0: Welcome to On The Wave. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 337. Today, I want to begin a new period called the Patriarchal Period. Now, the reason that I make a distinction between the Primeval Period and the Patriarchal Period is because this is when Abraham comes on the scene, and everything changes with Abraham. But let me go back to the reason why I call it the Patriarchal Period. This is a specific time in history up until the period of the Exodus that is like no other in history, like no other in biblical history. That is when the patriarchs, that comes from two words, both are Greek, patras, which is the word for father. And from that, all of its derivatives. And then RK, which is the word for leader, for head, for first. And so this is what we're talking about, the father leaders, the father heads. Now, up until this time in world history and in biblical history, the patriarchs were not only the leaders of the families, the tribes, the nations, but they were also the priest. They are the ones that sacrifice for the family. And so Abraham came up in that tradition. So did his son Isaac, and so did his son Jacob. And this went on to the period of the Exodus, which we'll cover in the coming podcast and weeks. The Exodus changed everything, just as the patriarchal period did with the call of Abraham. In the sense of after the Exodus, God did not allow the fathers, the tribal leaders, to be the ones who made sacrifice, but rather one tribe, and out of one tribe, the tribe of Levi, came the family of Aaron. And Aaron and his sons would forever be the priest and the high priest. And when they went into the land, they would not get an allotment, a land heritage like everyone else, they would get the cities. They would not have a tribal allotment like the other tribes. And so this is the way that the story is told. Remember, we're telling the story of God through the law, the prophets, and the writings, the Tanakh. And what we're doing is we're going through the Septuagint arrangement of our Hebrew Bible, of the Old Testament, as we call it. And I'm trying to break it down for you. So we have the primeval period, that is everything from Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11. Remember, these were added, these chapter headings, these verse divisions, only a few hundred years ago for reference so that we could get reference and study a codex, a book instead of a scroll. And so this all came along with the printing press. But the original chapters of the book of Genesis are 10, and I've already given those to you and broken those down by the word toldot, which is the linguistic key that separates the 10 stories that make up the book of Genesis. Now the reason I'm reiterating this is because, number one, repetition is the mother of learning and it'll help you to review, but also we need to continually go back to the panorama of the entire story. And so everything that happened in what we call the primeval period in Genesis 1 through 11, it all happened prior to 2,100 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, B.C., before Christ. And so you need to get that down in your mind because it's very important. And it is not as critical as we know the exact date or the exact week, although the Jews believe that they do know that and they believe that it is specific. And I've already covered that in a podcast. And so if you want to go back and listen, you can. It's sufficient for you to know that everything that happened in Genesis 1 through 11 that we call the primeval period That is what happened before 2100 B.C. But in 2100 B.C., you begin to get into the life of Abram. Abram. Avram. Av means father. We say Abe, something like that, depending upon your accent. But A-B, Ab, or Av, as it is in Hebrew, that is the word for father. Ram, R-A-M, Ram, Avram. Ram or Av Ram or Abe. Ram or Abe Ram. These are the words for high or exalted father. The word for Ram in English is high or exalted or uh, lifted up. It talks about the heights. So Avram means exalted father, high father. So he's held in high respect. So that was his name. But the period that I call the patriarchal period that really has the patriarchs of the faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that are constantly referred to, As the patriarchs in the scripture and their sons, the sons of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, his 12 sons are also called patriarchs because they were the father leaders. And these father leaders were the ones who sacrificed for the family. But again, that all changed with the constitution of the nation of Israel and the priestly line of Levi, Levi, which is through the family of Aaron. And so just anyone could not be a sacrificer for their family. This is how we know that Job was written during this patriarchal period or sometime probably during the Abrahamic period or pre-Abrahamic period between the flood and Abraham is simply because Job was sacrificing in the first chapter of his book. And that would have never happened after the Exodus in 1446. And so Job was definitely set within the time period prior to the rise of Moses and the children of Israel and Egyptian bondage, because that is the period that we're in now, the patriarchal period. So that's the reason I named this the patriarchal period, is to help you to understand that there was a shift during the Exodus. Oftentimes people say, well, the Father is the leader, he's the one that stands in between. No, not anymore. That was the priestly tribe, and then in Jesus, there is only one mediator between God and man, and that's the person, Christ Jesus. And so the ground is level at the cross. A man, a woman, a child can go to God themselves when they are able and capable of doing that. And so you just need to understand that you as the father and you as the husband, you're not the high priest. Jesus is the high priest. You are a priest if you're a child of God, but so is your wife. She is a priest as a child of God. And that's what the the Bible teaches. I know that may take away some of your perceived authority, but you have authority in Jesus as the head of the home, as the male in the home. But I would not stress that authority as much as I would the responsibility because the responsibility far outweighs the authority. We have a whole lot of talk today about rights and authority, but what we need to be centering in on is responsibility and godly actions and the atmosphere of love within our homes. And so with that in mind, Let's look at chapter 12 in the beginning of the patriarchal period. The Bible says, chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord, notice this is the covenant name for God, the Tetragrammaton. That's Greek for four letters, four writings. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Avram, Get out from your country, from your kindred, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, in order to properly understand this, again, we have to go back to verse 27 of chapter 11, because that is when the chapter heading in the original Hebrew text begins with this. This is the genealogy of Tirah, and it told about Abram and Nahor and... And Haran, how that Haran died before his father in his native land, Ur of the Chaldees. Now that's not Chaldees; that is a hard C H. Just get the pronunciation down. It's not Chaldees. It's not Chaldean. It is Chalde. Just like it's a hard K. Anytime you see that C H, it is a K in Hebrew and Ur. Not Ur, it's Ur of the Chaldees. Then Abram, Nahor, took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iska. But Sarah was barren. She had no child. All of this is at the beginning of the story explaining what we need to know before we get to chapter 12, as we call it. And it goes on to talk about that Tira left Ur, which was the capital city of the Uruk people, U-R-U-K. He went to a place called Haran, which is farther north and west in the Fertile Crescent. And it was there that Abterah died in Haran. And so God spoke to Abram and said, get out from your country and from your kindred and from your father's house. And here's what he did. He said, I have chosen a land for you. This is very important. So God said, I have chosen a special place for you. I have a new place for you to go. And he said, I am going to choose you as my person who will become the father of a great people. So God is already talking about a chosen land. That is a place, a specific locale. And God is talking about a chosen people. And now he says, I have a special plan for you. He's talking about a chosen plan that has Abram as a part of it and the people that will come from his lordship. His lineage, those who will come after him, his posterity. And that came through a son, a miraculous son, that was born after the time that Sarah had already been through menopause. She could not have children, and she was absolutely barren. And God opened up her womb supernaturally and gave Abram the strength to have intercourse with his wife at 99, and supernaturally, Isaac was born. This is very important. Because God created Isaac. He created him as a special promise to Abraham. This is taught throughout the scriptures, but we don't hear a lot about it. Isaac was a supernatural creation. He opened up the womb of an old woman and gave living sperm to an old man, and they bore a child that was a child that was supernaturally created to fulfill a supernatural promise that God gave to Abraham. So here they are, and now God says, I am going to create this nation from your loins, and it's going to come through Isaac. And if you read on past chapter 12, 12 into 13 and 14, you're going to see that Abraham did everything he could. Abram did everything he could to try to bring this about in his own way, in his own effort, but he just couldn't do it. God gave this supernatural son of promise, and from that, Isaac, as you know, he and his wife, Rebecca, had two sons, Jacob and Esau, Yaakov and Esau, called Edom, the red man, because he was red and. Harry looked like Adam, Edom, same word, and it means red. So this is Esau, his brother, and the Bible talks a lot about Esau, but Yaakov, the one who was a trickster from the very word go, and one who was a manipulator, is the one that was chosen. It's an amazing story, and Jacob's name, as you know, was changed to Israel, a prince with God one who battles with God and one and God changed his name, changed his character, changed his life, and from him 12 sons were born that became the 12 patriarchs or the father leaders or the 12 tribes of Israel. And so God said, I have a special plan that I'm going to ordain. I've already done this before you ever came around Abraham before the foundation of the world I already had this laid out in my heart and in my mind. And in order for this to happen, I'm going to have to bring it about supernaturally. Now, let me just stop here and say for today, that's all the time we're going to have. But when God does something, God many times will give a vision, a dream, a goal, an objective in the lives of his children. And many times that dream will only come to pass through supernatural means. God often will give a vision of what he wants us to do. And then there'll be the day, of that vision. It's just in the human flesh, it doesn't work. We try to make it come about in our own power. This is what happened down through the scriptures. Jeroboam, the son of Nebat is a perfect example of that, that God said, I'm going to give you 10 tribes. And instead of him waiting patiently as David did, that had the same promise of a kingdom and a new dynasty, David waited patiently for God to supernaturally bring that about. And Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, sought to bring it about in rebellion against God and you see the ends of the two. All I'm saying is that when God gave Abram this vision, God had to bring it about. Abram couldn't. He tried everywhere in the world and got all mixed up and we're still feeling the consequences of his tryst with Sarah's handmaid Hagar in that the warring that has been between the Arabs and the Jews down through the centuries was brought about through two fathers and two lineages. That is is Ishmael, who is the father of the Arabs, and Isaac, who is father of the Jews. They wore then, they wore now. They've warred down through history. And by the way, the State Department of the UN is not going to solve that issue. It's going to have to be God Almighty, and one day He will. But I am so grateful that we're starting the trek dealing with Abraham, because I'm telling you, this is going to be a wonderful journey as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp.